podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined on the phone this week by Dave Watson. Hello, Dave. Hello, Paul. Did you enjoy my sick beats before we started recording? Yes, you were you were making what can only be described as urban music noises. <laughs> Mouth percussion. It made me feel young. Boots and cats. I've, I've no idea what you're saying. If you say boots and cats repeatedly, it's, it's how you do like drum sounds with your mouth. Okay, I'm going to need... Cats boots and cats. There you go. Right. Yeah, see. I'm done with the kids, man. I'm street. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm now. I'm hip. Oh, I'm with you. Shoes and dogs. <laughs> Mate, we won. We won a game. I yeah didn't see it. Oh, you missed out. I was at the Hammersmith Apollo seeing the band Beirut and checking yeah. my phone every five minutes through it to see what the score was. <laughs> so I mean, I'm going to defer to you. Well, there's no Rondon free kick off the bar. No, they were supporting. Yeah. <laughs> Playing tonight at the Dublin Castle. Yeah. Um, no, it was over, overall, it was a very good performance, very good away performance. Um, early doors, Rondon. I, I didn't know he had this in his locker, you know. I didn't know he was any good at free kicks. but He's had a few. Well, yeah, he's put a few away, but he's also, you know, I don't know. I just I I didn't think he had it in his locker, but he does, and he's got a hell of a free kick in his locker. Um, the only thing that kept it out was, like I say, the woodwork. If if that had gone in, oh my, it would have been you know, one goal. of the goals. Of, well, yeah, would have been a would goal. Have been one of would have been one of the goals of the season for Newcastle. Certainly, it was it was a great free kick. And then um, I'm rattling through it because it. I'm aware that it's it's late. Um, yeah, this is a natter after dark. It's a special <laughs> late night edition. Yeah, I've got, a, um, I've got a scotch on the go. Dave's got some after eights. Yeah, because I'm classy. I've got a high class prostitute on the go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they set up very much like all Brendan Rogers' sides do: lots of short passes, keep possession, dominate the possession. But we. Like Benitez clearly knew that that's how it was going to play out. So we, as we have been recently, played on the counter, and we were very good on the counter with Almiron and Perez, Richie, um, and obviously everybody pivoting off off Rondon, um, who had another great game. Um, Perez's goal came down the down the left hand side, where it at first I thought Almiron had like rolled the ball back to Richie and I thought oh, what a player he is I mean to see that and to do that and to he didn't oh. he, he was tackled and <laughs> Richie <laughs> but Richie putting a delicious cross near post header Perez is popping up with some really important goals and I've, I saw some stuff on Twitter after the game about he's um, he's not far behind Les Ferdinand in terms of has he overtaken Craig Bellamy now did I read Level. Uh, I I don't have that to hand, so I'm not I'm not sure. But he can't be far off because he's either level or overtook him with that goal. Yeah, well, and he he deserves to be in that echelon. Obviously, not in the in with the likes of Ferdinand because Ferdinand's a proper striker and was playing. I mean, yeah. he only played two seasons, but he was he was superb. Um, but 
I'm hoping that this is, you know, turning people around to Perez. He's not doing the fingers in the ear celebration anymore. So I'm hoping that the fans are, you know, that vocal minority are, are, are ceasing getting on his back because he does work hard. He is decent. He is scoring important goals for us. He's he, less frustrating he's, than he has been as well, especially early yeah. in the season. But I think a lot of that is Rondon. When you're playing off the scraps from Hosselu, there's not yeah. a huge amount that can go right. <laughs> no. Um, and then just a quick mention of uh, Fabian Shaw was brilliant again. Not not just for the more eye-catching stuff he does further up the pitch, but his defensive work is consistently good. Um, I think if Lejeune was fit, I'd have Shaw ahead of Lascelles, you know, in, in the pecking order. I know mm. we play in a three at the back, but I'd, I'd have Shaw second choice behind Lejeune because I think he's he he does remind me of Philippe Albert you know he's he's I okay think, I think Sorry. when we have three centre-backs sharing Lejeune either side of Lascelles is perfectly mm. balanced in a way yeah You've got those two can ping balls forward and Lascelles he can just deal with any sort of Peter Crouch type that we're up against yeah yeah well that's that's one good thing about both Lejeune and and Shaw is they're not afraid of you know they're not they're not just classy on the ball. They they are big, strong defenders, and yeah. they're, they're not afraid to put their you know their, their body on the line. Shares a good yeah. shit house in the best way as well. Yeah, he, he is. He'll yeah. pick up a lot of bookings every season. <laughs> and you you need a bit of nastiness at our at our level of the game. You need someone who isn't afraid to, as long as it's not you know stupid like John yeah. Joe Shelby kind of shit houseery. But yeah, you, you do need somebody who will take one for the team and, and who will let the opposition striker know that he's not going to get an easy game. So yeah, no, that was that was good. But um going back to the, the, the way the game played out, I saw Brendan Rogers after the game say that uh, it's very hard to um, break a team down when they set up with eleven men behind the ball and he, he made it out like we were defending for large periods, but we weren't. We like we were in our own half, but we were in control of the key areas that we need to defend. And then when there was an opportunity to attack, we took it. Mm. And on another get on another day, we could have had two or three, you know, I mean, there was one that springs to mind where Shah dribbled, well, not dribbled. That, that's overstating it a bit. He, he moved forward with the ball. And <laughs> you know, the word you're looking for is ran. I think. Yeah. Well, this is it. He wasn't, he wasn't even running that fast. Yeah. You know, he was just okay. moving forward. Strolled. <laughs> he sauntered. Yeah. Well, he, I tell you what he did. He albeared it. He just yeah. albeared it up the pitch with the ball. He held off uh, Jamie Vardy, then went past him. But it, it was like a half-hearted tackle from Vardy because he knew he, if he brought him down, it would have been a free kick, definitely. Um, and he wasn't going to win the ball. And then he laid it off to Almiron in a bit of space on the left-hand side. And I think the pressure that he hasn't scored a goal yet is, is getting to him because... He could have taken a bit more of a touch. He could have pulled it back into the centre for Perez or for, for Rondon even. Um, but he didn't. He lashed at it and it just it went ballooning. I mean, when he does score, I'm hoping it's going to be next game, you know, at home against Southampton. You, you'd fancy us to get a few chances. The, the stadium's going to erupt because he has changed our game for the better. I'm, you know, I'm not yeah. saying that he's, he's a world beater or anything, but he's certainly just... He's allowed us to change from a, a, a solid defensive unit who's looking to get something from a free kick or uh, from a corner or something to we're really dangerous on the break now. 
And that's yeah, the well you're on carrying it. I think you look at us on the break before we had him, when you're relying on Atsu and Perez. The, Atsu's quick but incapable of doing anything with it. Almiron seems positionally more intelligent. Yeah. And he also, he does the thing that uh, Gutierrez used to do for us, which is when either either they get a throw in, but deep in their own half, we get a throw and we get a foul, we get a, a corner or something. Like he, he keeps the possession safe, whereas when Atsu's doing it, he loses the ball without being fouled or the ball going dead. So, yeah, I, I'm a big, big fan of Almiron. I, I can't wait for him to get a, a proper, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting celebrate. to see what happens when he does get his first goal, whether it does sort of open the floodgates or maybe it is just he's not as good as we hoped. Uh, I would but put I him he in looks the, very decent. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd put him in the Gutierrez bracket of talent. Like, I think he's um, I think he's that level. You know, he, he's international class um, attacking midfielder. He's not you know, he's not up there with like Anthony Martial or anything. He's just, he's just good, and he works hard. And I'd rather have that than like Alon Robert, who's much more talented, but in this team would be terrible. I have to take issue with that. <laughs> you, would, <laughs> you would rather not have Lauren Robert. You'd rather in this have... side oh, with everybody on, else Dave. that we've got in this side. No, because Lauren Robert is a. I'm a massive fan of Robert. I remember we did our best him. eleven. He, I can't remember if he got in as our favourite, although the best left winger we've had in the Premier League. It was it was definitely between him and Ginola. Yeah, I'm sorry that Stephen Glass didn't make the final two. He made mine, but it was, <laughs> but it was definitely between. But my, my point wasn't that. I mean, yes, I'd love I'd love Robert in 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 any side, but I just think at this moment with the players that he's got around him and the way that Benitez has has us set up Robert wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't be efficient wouldn't be he wouldn't I see what you're saying and yeah. I also see that you you're very wrong <laughs> <laughs> um but well so yeah, but well done a good performance good win and nice to see Rogers unhappy because for all he's, yeah. he's a decent manager He's not likable. He's too Brent for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, then there was the post-match interview with Benitez. Um, he seemed so much more relaxed. I don't know. He if always is after a win, though. I think it's people read too much into Benitez's mood after a game because every time we lose or draw where we should have won, his mm. quotes are always more negative and along the lines of, "Well." To get anything up front, you need players worth fifty million pounds, and everyone makes out that means well, he's going. Then the board aren't going to give him what he yeah. wants. As soon as we win, he talks about the togetherness in the camp, and everyone says he's staying. <laughs> Maybe his mood's just worse after he doesn't win. I like mean, most that managers. doesn't yeah, like most people connected with football. Yeah. Um, he said that the but there was something he said. He said that the budget was seventeen million. And Carragher checked him on that and said, oh, do you mean net? And he, and he said, no, 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 £17 million. Oh, really? Now, now, I assume that means that he had £17 million quid to spend in the summer, but we spent more than that in the summer. I mean, not net, but we spent more than £17 million, and then we spent £20 million in the January window. So, I don't know, it, it was weird. But he said that you'd need, like, 
he's right when he said you'd need like thirty million pounds to buy one of Leicester's attackers. Yeah, and and you know he's not after two hundred million. He just he just wants to compete. And when he said thirty million quid, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but Daniel Story, who does some stuff in BBC, does some stuff. In oh yeah, three six five. He put out a, a little table which is like the transfer fees of the ten most regular starters this season. I did see club. that, and I immediately thought of you. I thought if you've not <laughs> seen this, I'm going to have to put your attention to it. But basically, ranks but, the teams. Yeah, basically. Well, you explain it because it's you've basically Math. explained it already, haven't you? But yeah, so yeah, it's just it's a list of the teams in the Premier League, the top most regular starters. What is their um, cumulative transfer fee? And Man City are, are top with four hundred and twenty nine million pounds. Now, bear in mind that's more than Mike Ashley is asking for our club. So that's just for ten of their most regular starters. Forget yeah. about their bench and everything else. And I imagine the their way- second eleven would be. A yeah. fair whack as well. Yeah. I mean, um, Kyle Walker's, what, 40 million? Or that's how much he was sold for? Anyway, you, you go all the way down to the, the bottom three, and you've got like Cardiff City, 10 most regular starters, cost 13 million pounds. And it's no great surprise that they're in the trouble that they're in because they're just not very good. But where they're, uh, where they're at 38 million quid, that's the cost of our 10 most regular starters this season. And for those players, you're thinking about Dubravka. Cher, Lascelles, Richie, and Richie himself cost 12 million quid. So for us to be sitting in 15th position on when the 10 most regular starters for our club is 38 million, just incredible job Benitez has done. Just incredible. It's a good job. There's other ones on there as well. Like Watford have massively overachieved. New they have. Like Fulham who've underachieved. It's a good job. He's done, I think. But I think you look, we've spent quite wisely. Like, Cher is not the value we paid for him. He's no. clearly worth a fair bit more. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I suppose you've also got to consider that we haven't actually spent any money on Rondon. And yeah. he's, I mean, he'd be, he'd cost us £16 million, but he'd be worth more than £16 million to us. Um, but you also look at, like, Brighton. They've they spent quite a bit of money in the in the window, and they pulled in players like um, Rack Acrobash or something like that, and then another kid called Lacardia, and they barely played. And these are two fairly expensive players that just haven't played. Whereas our most expensive players that aren't playing is like Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy. My problem with these sort of Luton. things, though, is it it makes me miss the days when we used to spunk money on nobodies. <laughs> Because we could, because we could afford to. I mean, we couldn't afford to, and that's part of the problem. But well, I agree with you. Like potato, tomato. <laughs> but if you think about where Benitez has us with a thirty-eight million pounds on the, on this particular table, imagine what he could do with another forty million quid, sixty yeah. million quid. I mean, could we be up there with like West Ham, comfortably sitting in ninth position? Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know that's an aspirational statement, but it's also depressing. <laughs> Could be up there with West Ham. Oh, okay. Then um, I was I was trying like Everton. Everton are in sixth position. Yeah, I think oh, sorry, Benitez, Benitez has shown let him control the money, and he'll by and large get a better return than he should. Mm. So it's frustrating that he's not as of yet really been given the control, apart from that one season in the Championship where he won the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the other thing that came out after it in like subsequent days was uh, Lascelles and Ritchie were both in the the Evening Chronicle, um, saying that uh, the the team's been underestimated, and he's saying there's people there who thought we were going to be relegated, and there's people saying this and that. And I don't, I maybe I'm being too sensitive, but I I was wondering, are they talking about the press and the media and stuff, or are they talking about our own fans, because I was not very confident about us staying up um, at parts during the season. I know, I know you were a little bit more bullish early doors because you know, rightly, you were saying, "Look at the, the teams we played against." But have we been too harsh on the players? I don't think necessarily. There were mo- it's, it's hard to sort of remember back to that early part of the season when we looked. Not cut adrift, but did we lose? Yeah, did we lose our first five or something like that? Yeah, we. I mean, we. I think it was our longest, longest period of uh, longest start of the season without a win. Yeah, this season. I think when you have eight games, I think, I think when you win. have a run like that, you can't be that surprised if people think you're going to get relegated. Yeah, but I think it was. I mean, some of the some of the stuff that they were saying was. It was more about the standard of the player, and the cells came out with saying like, it, you know, the the team works really hard for each other, and you don't need to spend a lot of money to, you don't need to spend hundreds of millions or whatever to get a good side. You can do it with less money, and there's been a little bit of criticism for that, saying what well, sounds a bit like a Mike Ashley line and stuff. And I, I don't think that Mike Ashley cares enough about what fans think to get the captain of the club to to leak stuff. I think the cells was. Basically saying, look, you know, we're good enough to finish comfortably safe. And I think we were. I mean, if we'd had an easier start to the season, I don't think we would have been in the relegation conversation. I think as well, if we'd had Rondon in earlier and fit. And we've also been lucky that he's avoided injury for most of the season. Otherwise, I'm not sure we would have been good enough to easily avoid relegation. If we were relying on Hosselu all of yeah. the season in Muto, then I think we'd have had a very different season. Yeah, very different season. I think that's probably it for the Leicester game, isn't it? So should we have a quick break for some messages and then we'll come back with questions from you, the listeners. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. How are you, Dave? I'm still good. Good. That's what we like to hear. A lot of <laughs> sirens around me tonight. I just want to make it clear I'm not on the run. <laughs> this won't be my last pod before I'm incarcerated, but they are getting very close. Are there not loads of protests in London about climate change tonight? Ah, Jesus. It's not even real. It doesn't even exist. <laughs> How do you explain snow? It still snows. Jeez. He's not snow though, is he? He's Aegantargarian. Oh, now. I know it would, it would be a bold move to segue right now from this being a Newcastle podcast to a Game of Thrones one, but I think it's a challenge we'd be up to. Yeah, I could definitely talk about that first episode. Sorry, I just got on my motorbike there. I don't know if you heard. Yes, <laughs> um, should we 
talk about the uh, the Twitter questions yes. instead of going on on one about Game of Thrones? So at Tony No Toppings, great name, <laughs> says the future of a few of our central midfielders seems to be in doubt for next season. Diarme, Hayden, and Shelby all being talked about. Who would you be most upset to lose, and who would you realistically like to see come in as a replacement? I've said it most of the season. I wouldn't be too fussed about losing Shelby. And I think he is clearly on the way out. Yeah, I, and to follow that on, I'd say Diame. I wouldn't be too disappointed to see him go because he was great tail end of last season, and he, you know, he works hard and all that shit. But he's just he, he hasn't got the engine anymore. Is he thirty two now? Something like that. Yeah, he, basically, he's he's on the wane. Um, so I'd. I think I'd be he only right has to play him. a few more games to get. An automatic an extension, extension yeah. doesn't he? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Key Hayden and Shelby mm. played a few more games because there's a caveat yeah. to all of this: is that any any decisions we say about wanting to sell players is instinctively with the idea of them being replaced, which is not something that necessarily happens at this club. No, true enough. But what what's certainly for me is that if you'd asked me six months ago. About those three midfielders, who would I like want to go out the door, or who would I be most upset about losing? Hayden would not have been yeah. one I'd be upset about losing, but he is. I, I have to hold my hands up because I remember distinctly saying he can fuck off, but he's been he's been superb and he does want to go away and he does want to be with his family and. I, I, you know, fair play. I, uh, you can't argue with that. Yeah, because football's just a game. But part of me wishes that wasn't all out in the public eye, though, because it does clearly affect his transfer value. Yeah, he would yeah. be like the current form he's in. He'd be talked about, not necessarily rightly, as deserving an England call up. The way any Newcastle player does yeah, at English yeah, when they start yeah. playing well, and the price tag would go up. But now it's sort of you can just see any team in the south coming in for him. For about yeah, fifteen I mean, million, you, you could comfortably see him moving to Bournemouth or to um, who's coming up? Norwich. I mean, Norwich is still a fair way away. But you know what I'm saying? Like anybody, anybody around that way. What we need to happen? Premier League. Yeah. What would need to happen? I'm saying what we would need to happen oh, is sorry. Kevin Keegan to come in and do <laughs> what he did with Rob Lee when he convinced <laughs> him that Newcastle was further south than Middlesbrough. And just somehow convince Isaac Hayden that Newcastle is one of the southernmost clubs in the league. <laughs> Maybe just turn yeah. a map of Britain upside down. Yeah, Newcastle is closer to London than Fulham is. Is that yeah. what? You're yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're right that um, we worry about actually being replaced. In terms of who I would like to see repl- come in as a replacement, um, apparently we've been looking at. Brooks from Bournemouth, the young attacking midfielder. Mm. Um, I'd be happy with that. I don't mind that billing from Huddersfield. He impressed me in the, the, the two games we played against them, but I'm always cautious about signing someone from a relegated side. The other one we keep getting linked with with Huddersfield, who I do like, is Aaron Moy, who I think would be a good replacement for Shelby because got, they've got the same have... head. <laughs> I have I have to be honest, I haven't been that impressed with Moy this season. I mean, he's certainly better than the championship, but I'm not sure if he's good enough for the, the top flight. Now, that could be because everybody he's playing with is a bit shit, 
but I, you know, I haven't been bothered. The, the mm. good news is for for everybody is that you and I aren't in charge of recruitment for Newcastle we're, United. We're not. No, no. That's probably didn't. lucky because you'd have told Isaac Hayden to get fucked. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just be going around looking for bald white men to replace Shelby. <laughs> Just so we don't have to Photoshop too much in the club shop. <laughs> um, uh, Kenny Wharton sits on the ball, has, uh, has tweeted, and he, he asked them, um, Rafa is a solid midfield shape that sees it's hard to break down, and then we look to counter really well too. Which players do you think we need to buy in order to move beyond the two solid play breakers model, assuming we have £40 million pounds to spend? I know, I know. Um I think sure, one if... one player who might help us move beyond that model is Sean Longstaff. I know it's a lot of pressure to put on him, but we've we've missed him since he's been gone. Yeah, and I don't think he is necessarily. He's been playing as someone who breaks up the play, but you talk to anyone around the club, and they all say in his career he's been better further forward, and he's quite a good box to box sort of goal scorer. Mm. But it would depend who's alongside him. Yeah, we'd need to sign some. In my eyes, to, for that to work, we'd need to be signing someone like Czech Teote, just mm. completely disinterested in, in attacking unless we're 4-3 down against Arsenal and really comfortable breaking up play, putting in strong tackles. Um, Hayden's been doing a decent job at that, yeah. um, but I, I think we need someone who's a bit better on the ball um, so I find it tricky looking at players for us to sign, really, just because you rule ninety percent of them out just because they're on normal wages, mm. which might be a bit cynical considering we do overpay some. Sort of Shelby's on quite decent wages. Yeah, but then Shelby was signed under McLaren, so mm. maybe that model where we sign Mitrovic, Finaldo, um, Bemba. Shelby and Townsend, maybe that was, you know, we, that's when we threw some money at the problem and it didn't work. And mm. I think we've been stung. And I can really do think, think Shelby will be away. Yeah, I think who, who can play in that role? Um, I don't know. Like we we targeted Ndidi uh, at Leicester. Um, was that Samaras as well? Wasn't there? I'm not sure yeah, Samaras. We've been linked with. Um, I don't know enough about the the other leagues really uh, so I'd, I'd be basing it on, on Premier League or, or Championship and let's be honest we'll both be basing it on Football Manager <laughs> so who's yeah. going to be yeah no I, I don't know and even even for for 40 million quid I mean we're not going to be able to sign a 40 million pound player because you'd need yeah. to be spending you know 120 million pounds on players to convince players of that calibre to join us um, okay, another, so, let's move on to another question. Alice Ant yeah. asks, which of our players do you think performed best this season? Should we do it on three and see if we've got the same player? Yeah, okay. One, two, three, Rondon. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I was going to go Shaw, but... <laughs> you bottled it. Yeah, Shaw's overperformed his price tag, even though Rondon hasn't got a price tag. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but our, if Rondon's not in our team... We stand a much lower chance of winning. See, I think that's a different answer then, because oh, who's yeah. most important to the way we play? Rondon, hundred yep. percent. Who's who's had the most 
good performances, I'd say Shah. Yeah, you might well be right, actually. He's... I generally am. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Isaac Hayden would disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Hayden. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we're... We're split, but we're agreed. Yeah. Linking yeah. into that question, Alex Fusco asks: If Rondon gets injured, how fucked are we? And if we don't sign him, if we don't sign him permanently, how fucked are we for next season? Um, this um, season, if Rondon got injured now, I don't think we're that fucked. I don't think we'd win many games, but we wouldn't go down. We'd just end up sixteenth. You know? Yeah. It's uh, we've still got. Um, we've still got good defence, and we'll, we're still diff- difficult to beat. So, I, I, you know, God, I, I really hope he doesn't get injured because I'd quite like to see us win some games. But um, this season, we'll be all right. If we don't sign him permanently, how fucked are we for next season? Depends. It depends. Yeah. Cause it does, if, if we don't sign him, it doesn't mean we won't spend on a striker like him under twenty-five yeah. or twenty-six years old. I mean, we if, should if, sign him. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should absolutely sign Solomon Rondon, and we should also sign somebody else to play when Rondon isn't fit. Yeah, because you can't rely on one striker for the entire season. Just by the nature of the, the Premier League, he is going to get bumped and bashed and, and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, we've got to sign. We've got to sign a striker in the in in the summer, and yeah. we need to do it quickly because the season. It's going to be the, the 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 transfer window closes forty eight hours before the season starts, so we can't. You yeah, know, we can't wait and see what happens. No, no, I think with Rondon as well, he shouldn't necessarily be our first choice striker. Even when he got relegated with West Brom, he wasn't their first choice striker. No, so it seems I, odd. You know, I'd love us to go off and sign some big, strong, fifteen twenty goal a season striker, but we won't. We'll go off and sign another ten to fifteen goal a season striker, if anything. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, like you said before, Rondon sort of dictates the way we play. Yeah, which is, which is more important than him getting fifteen goals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jake Sansom asks if we went into next season with the same team, including Rondon as our single summer signing, would we stay up? Uh... I think yes. But yeah, well, it's probably. a it's a tricky one because if that was the only business we did and we kept Benitez, we would stay up. But I think if that was the only business we did, Benitez wouldn't stay, and yeah. we probably wouldn't stay up. Yeah, yeah, so it's I agree of, with that. It's kind of catch twenty two. Mm. Uh, Booby, who is at Trust in Tristan. Says hypothetically, you find a lamp that when you rub a blue Mike Ashley pops out and begrudgingly gives you three wishes. What do you wish for? Um, him to fuck off, him to fuck off, and uh, for a new uh, oil state backed ownership. Wow, I might have wasted two wishes. <laughs> I think you might have done. I don't care. I just want him to know how much I, I'd have to do those last because if I. If I wished for him to fuck off straight away, I, I would. I wouldn't get the other ones. So. I think it's like you have to be careful with his wish promotions because they'll probably be seventy percent off. <laughs> like there sports direct, and you'll only end up with one wish. Yeah. So use yeah. your first wish wisely. I think just him to be gone and an ambitious owner 
who yeah. who isn't linked to human rights abuses to be in would be oh. about it. That's oh, all you can bet- really ask for. You are a better man than I. You are you aren't blood. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know we're but indent- a club built on, built on crushed skulls. Yeah, if indentured workers haven't died building the new stadium, I don't want a seat in it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we laugh. It is modern football. Yeah. Um, Paul Rutherford at Big Bob seventy one underscore PL. Nice. Um, he says that we need Shelby to play. He's the best passer in the league. Maybe. Mm. Um, perfect for Almiron. He's I, also added a couple. Assuming Hayden is leaving, and then says, "What about drink water?" Sitting doing fuck all at Chelsea. I don't think Shelby's the best passer in the league. And I think what's clear, Benitez has tried to make it work, but Shelby's not a Rafa Benitez player. He doesn't have the discipline mentally to do it. No. I think what was quite telling that Longstaff came in, did everything Shelby does pretty much just as well and the other side of the game. You suddenly realise it might not be such a miss. And I also think that the, to get the best out of Almiron, you don't give him the ball to chase onto. You give him the ball as it like you don't you don't launch it ten yards ahead of him for him to chase down. That's, he likes the ball to feet. He likes to be going past the player. He likes to you know be in control of the ball and carry it. Um, I, I would say that Longstaff's better at that kind of thing, because Shelby, like you say, he doesn't have the discipline. Uh, we saw it when he came on as a substitute against um, uh, against Palace. The f- one of the first things he did, does is launch the ball down for, for Yedlin to chase yeah. onto. And, you know, it might have worked, but the, the, the point is we need control of the game. That's, I think as well, in the way the team looks stronger with Rondon, I think the team looks weaker with Shelby, because too many players feel they don't have to make a decision or take a chance. They can just give the ball to Shelby and let him try and do sort of quarterback passes, 60 yards. Mm. They look good, but they give up possession much more often and put us under pressure. And, and what about drink water, his wages? Well, his wages and he hasn't played competitively for a, for at least a season. Yeah. Um, Does that I, ever work out? I'm trying to think transfer-wise. Players who've gone to a big club, not played for a season, do they ever really come back from that? I think it takes them a season playing like on loan somewhere else first. Mm. Like um, Sturridge wasn't really playing at uh, Man City and he moved to Bolton. Yeah, that's true. And and you know he did very well at Bolton. Um, I'm trying to think of other Sean Wright other Phillips exa- sort of made a career out of it, I guess. Yeah. What about James Milner? But then he was he was always around the team. Yeah. So no, I, I can't think of a, a good example of. I mean, a, the a ones that don't is quite. Who's the one who was at Everton who ended up at Sunderland? Oh, Rodwell. Rodwell. I think he's at Blackpool now. Wow. Or Blackburn. I think he's at Blackburn now. Um, so, oh, just very quickly, did you see the the Sunderland five four? Wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, five foot, unbe- like just an unbelievable game to have flash up on the on the um, you know on the ticker thing. Um, mental. Uh, 
I'm not going to spend any time laughing at them. Yeah, my my problem with the whole Newcastle Sunderland thing at the minute is, I think it was at the weekend. There were sort of Newcastle fans going, "Look at this 18-page thread on a Sunderland forum talking about how they're not obsessed with us." And you're like, "You've gone to page 18 of a thread on a Sunderland forum to find that point. You're just as obsessed." And we've we've discussed previously. I'm not that fussed about them. Bedford Mags had some questions, Dave. Good. He always he did ask through. if it was too late to send some questions, but no, no. Always got time for Bedford. He says, with Cardiff currently beating Brighton, that's as we're recording this, have, Bri- have Brighton's bottle gone? Will Cardiff catch us? With all the smoke and mirrors about contracts, what percentage is Rafa staying? Swap deal with Rondon for Gale and Murphy. He always gets a lot in as well. He does. He, he uses that character limit doesn't he yeah. um, has Brighton's bottle gone uh, looks like it I They've hope had a... so yeah I feel bad for Chrissy Hewton because he's a nice bloke and all that kind of shit yeah but I'm, like, Brighton really haven't added much to the Premier League all they had before as well they were sort of like Burnley last season where you thought they're just very very hard to beat and they'll win enough games by one goal at home and that yeah. that looks gone now. Was it five nil? Yeah. Bournemouth beat them. Yeah, and um, I, d- I think it is it is a shame for. I think Cardiff's like, Cardiff's running is hard enough that Brighton might still be safe because Cardiff has still got to play Man U and Liverpool. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this is the hope that will kill Neil Warnock. Um, well. As long as something kills him. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think I think Cardiff is still gonna are still gonna go, but um, it feels like we're strange. out of it. The percentage, yeah, I know it's are, percentage. Yeah. Raf is going to stay, not safety. But I think we both we both feel we're safe. Yeah, will Cardiff catch us? No, we've got an easier run in. We're a better side, and I think they're going to go down. Yeah, yeah. Um, with all the smoke and mirrors about contracts, what percentage is Rafa staying? Honestly, I mean, I said it, I was pretty much convinced he was gone after that Crystal Palace game. But it might be, as you as you alluded to earlier, that it was just his demeanour after a, a disappointing loss. Because his demeanour after this win against Leicester, he looked much happier. Um, I've, I think I'm retreating to about 70% that he'll go. Yeah. Oh, that he'll go. Yeah, I'd put yeah, it at least fifty-fifty. I, I still think he'll go because I don't think he'll get the assurances from Mike Ashley. Um, and I think because he's obviously getting um, job offers. I mean, uh, Guillaume Balaguer was saying that uh, he knows for a fact he's had offers from China and uh, was somewhere in the Middle East. But he wants to he stay could... in England, really, doesn't he? Yeah. He absolutely does, but I think rather than stay at Newcastle United where he's not going to get an ambitious owner supporting him, he could go to uh, somewhere like Southampton and get... I mean, it's a much smaller club, but they're ambitious. He could maybe be attracted... You know, if uh, Nuno Espirito Santo is plucked by some bigger side, he might be offered the Wolves job and there's another ambitious yeah. club uh, it's the ambition of it and, and the potential because Wolves is you know it's a big club 
it's a bit of a sleeping giant. If if somebody could make the if somebody could make Wolves the the top side in England's second city, then Benitez could. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think sort of at least fifty fifty. I'm starting to lean towards he'll stay. I, I mean, I, that, I had to, sorry, go on. I was going to say that wraps up because we need to wrap this up because it is okay. it is very after dark. Yeah, so let's just is. very quickly talk about Southampton. I mean, this is how much research I've done. Are we home? Are we away? Is it <laughs> Okay, so we're at home. Uh, it's the 5.30 kickoff, so it's yet another game on, on TV, which is great. Um, in the last few games, they've got four wins, but they've come against like Wolves, Brighton, Spurs and Fulham. The only one of those that's impressive is Spurs, because... Wolves have been shit against struggling sides other than us. Um, Southampton aren't very good at the back. They're not. They're not very good at all. But Four wins Nathan in Redman, five, though. Yeah. Um, Shane Redman Long looked, is somehow scoring goals, which looked impossible not so long ago. I think, I think the, the key player for them is Nathan Redmond. Yeah. I think, he, I think he's um, been given a lot more freedom by Hassan, Hoot, Hassan Hootel. So... Um, he, and because he operates on that, like our right, their left, um, I'd worry about how much how much of an impact he could have because man, neither Mankilo or Yedlin are any good defensively, really. I mean, Mankilo is better, be better simply because he doesn't push forward as far, so he's more likely to be in in that position. I think the, the key for us is stopping the the ball getting to. Um, Getting Nathan Redman and Shane Long by killing off that that centre of the park. Um, the other thing to be uh, concerned about is uh, James Ward-Prowse is a real danger from set pieces, and we do give away quite a few free kicks. Yeah. Um, but I think there'll be a good atmosphere at the ground because we're safe. So we won't be going into the same trepidation as, 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 as we would normally. I think they'll be confident that they are safe too. So I don't think that they would be as, um, you know, they're not going to be as desperate as the Cardiff are. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2-0 win Whoa. to Rafa's boys. I think it's going to be very similar to the Palace game. And a narrow... Def- Actually, no, I'm going to go one-all draw. Oh. Yeah. That's well, good. that's sexy as fuck. I would say we've been on telly... It feels like every game. It does. Uh, well, we're on TV more times than anybody outside the top six. Yeah. Fairly. I'm, I'm, I'm seventh, really confident about give that. Give us seventh now. Yeah, just give us it for... It's disgusting I, that the league is still arranged on points. <laughs> it feels medieval. <laughs> Should be by like um with the people's seventh. We are the people's seventh. One one thing is um it's just the, the size of our um global international footprint. Like people people know about Newcastle United and tune in to watch them from all over the shop. No we're not where we're nowhere near as big as like Man U or or Liverpool, but we're certainly we're certainly a, a bigger club in the eyes of the world than Teams like Fulham or fucking I don't know Burnley, yeah. you know, we'll always be on TV loads. I think also part of it is because they thought on oh, Newcastle United might be in the relegation fight, and 
big club in danger of going down again. Yeah. Lots of narrative. Benitez, will he go if they go down and stuff like that? I think that's why we were selected. So, Well, um, on that bombshell, yes. I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you very much again, Dave. Thanks for hosting, Paul. Thank you to you, all the Natter listeners, for sending in questions as well. That's yeah, really the appreciate most we've that. had. Otherwise, yeah. you'd have to put up with us trying to think of things. Christ knows no one wants that. Right, well, thank you, Dave, and thank you, everybody else. And just have great nights, guys. Just take care of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.